Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassenaar from Unicorn, and welcome to the EU LCS podcast preview series. It's power rankings time here for the EU LCS. I talked to Josh Keller a little bit earlier in the week about uh, the region and, and kind of some storylines heading into it, but it's time as analysts to put our money where our mouth is, to put our analysis uh, on the line and, uh, and really make some predictions here. So we're going to go 10 to 1 where we think this season is going to end up. And of course, when I say we, I am joined by my good friend and Twitch streamer, Orzadis. How you doing, man? I am great. Thank you for having me on once again. Oh, absolutely. I love picking your brain on these things uh, because I, I feel like you always come at it from a slightly different angle than me, uh, even though we may sometimes end up in the same spot. Uh, this... This year's EU power rankings for this summer split, I, I it, it felt pretty straightforward to me. I, I, I felt like I didn't have the same level of back and forth conversations with myself that I, I felt like I needed to have for NA. Uh, what yeah. Kind of general impressions as you were going through this list. Yeah. No. I, I when I looked at so when I looked at NAEU and also when I looked at some of the other regions, you know, for for as far as volatility where I thought the top teams are going, I felt that EU was actually pretty static. Um, I think that EU with uh, with very you know very few roster moves. And and uh, a pretty defined hierarchy of teams at the end of the season, pretty well defined, you know, hierarchy of teams of, uh, you know, the top five and the bottom five, essentially. I think that that it's not going to have as as much uh, craziness early on and as many upsets as maybe N.A. will or, or some of the other regions. Yeah, it does feel like uh, you say top five. For me, it's the, it's the top three who have put okay, yeah, on, definitely. On, a, on a higher tier than uh, anyone else. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like my four through seven spots, you can move around a couple spaces and be all right. I, and I that's like a fair like, sentiment. Yeah, but, but I feel like we know who the three worst teams are, and I feel like we know who the three best teams are. And that makes it a little bit weird when we do these kind of mm-hmm. rankings. Um, yeah. So... It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see uh, which team can exceed our expectations. And the first one uh, who can exceed our expectations by doing anything at all is the number ten seed uh, that we have here. Uh, who is your number ten, Zayn? I got unicorns. Yeah. The unicorns of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, these these poor guys. Yeah. This is. I, a, I, it's not yeah, to put them at tenth for the record, which is where I have them as well. But this is the world we live in. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I really expected Unicorns to make a roster change coming into this split, and when they decided not to, I had some questions, and then uh, I didn't ask any of those questions. Instead, I just put them down here at 10. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's about how that went, and uh, we'll see what they have to offer. You know, I really I want good things for this org. I like them as an org, but I don't think this roster can do good things. I don't think that they can really elevate – um, I don't think that they can uh, do anything uh, honestly greater than ninth. I, I like I really struggle to even see them on a high note being higher than ninth place. You know, so yeah, I got I got these guys in a solid tenth place, and I wish them the best of luck. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I I couldn't agree with you more on that. It turns out if you're the tenth team and you replace no one. Uh, you look like you're probably going to be the 10th team again. <laughs> and, and the one guy they went out and got this offseason, which I found fascinating, was Neon, who is mm-hmm. a challenger guy, an 80 carry, whose best performance is getting fourth place on a couple French League-only teams. I I don't understand, mostly because I think Samix is like one of the few guys on this team who is most... Yeah, who they should be. Expect. Yeah. It's, who they should be playing around, or at least who they should be, you know, uh, looking to continue building. But. Yeah, yeah. This guy seems like the one guy you would pin down as the guy of the future. I don't think White Knight is that guy. I think, uh, nope. as uh, Josh pointed out to me, I think he's about two years too late to get the push that he would have gotten maybe at another time. I don't know that Totoro has done anything to make it seem like uh, it was worth taking the hit to their communication. 
Like, mm-hmm. actually, it's like, oh, well, maybe they'll look a little bit more disorganized in the short run, but his mechanics will be so good that you can see the potential. I'm not seeing the potential of his synergy with, with Stanex yet. It still doesn't look like they know how to play a lane together with each other. Um, and yeah. I don't think Exile is very good at League of Legends. I think, I, I think he's yeah. the knight of the Unicorns of Love. Remember Knight had that one great split for Giants? and then we Yeah, yeah, Giants. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The, the only difference is Exile's still here, whereas Knight at least had the good sense to kind of sneak away after yeah. the split and is now, I guess technically he's still listed as inactive for Giants Gabriel, but he is still on the roster, which is one of That's my favorite great. fun facts. But, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll say this. Um, I'm a little scared for them in the long run because – you know, franchising is about to happen, and if you told me at the end of 2017, uh, you know, franchising's happening, I would have said 100% Unicorns of Love are in, they have to be, they're such a popular org, they've, mm-hmm. you know, done so well historically, uh, especially compared to expectations. Um, yeah. Not, n- now we have two potentially really bad splits back-to-back, one at least we confirmed already, and we have not heard of the partnerships that get them to that $10 million mark that you need as an entry fee to get in. I'm, I'm scared. I'm not saying yeah. that, that is not a value equation over whether they should get in. Uh, they have the most passionate fans in, in the scene, and I love the Love Hurts crew. So believe me, it is with a, a sad heart that I say this. But I'm really scared for them. And, and if they don't step up or make a move or get a really big financial sponsor behind them in the way that someone like Giants Gaming has with Vodafone and a few others, um, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for yeah. the Unicorns of Love moving forward. Um, yeah. So uh, let's let's move on from that somber note. Uh, number nine, uh, who do you have at that nine spot? So this might make you a little sad. I've got Rocket at number nine. How dare you? I, I knew. I knew this was going to make you a little sad. You know what, man? It's been a great podcast episode. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, come on. Go get it. Get at it. Why? Okay. Bring, bring okay. So, so again, I <laughs> – I like a lot of guys on this team. I really do. I, I like Norskaren. I like the things he can do. I, I like uh, a lot of games I saw from Profit and games where Memento legitimately just took over. But, you know, Hiku still has those games where you're just, you know, what was it, the Callista pick, 0-5? I, I can't... I, Hiku has those games that are just insta losses for having Hiku. And in with how at the end of the season their early success wasn't enough to carry them, you know, really that far beyond the likes of H2K with the right lineup um, and Vitality with Jizuke. And, um, I, you know, I, I really I, I don't see this team having any consistency with their success this split, which was a big reason why they did have success last split, because they had it for a consistent period of time. They had metas that benefited them. They figured stuff out a little bit before some other teams. But also it was, you know, it was a very redefining split for EU with all the people parting. So I think that that played a bit of a role as well. Um, yeah, I, I I got them in ninth place. I I want to see them do good things because again, I really do like individual players on this lineup. I just as a team right now, I I, I see a lot of other teams ahead of them. Yeah, uh, I have them at fifth. Okay. So I'm gonna start there. We we disagree about this. And I, yes. I'm gonna I I, I have three points uh, to make. Okay. Uh, number one. I think Freddie One Two Two is a very good coach, and I and I don't think um, that he gets enough credit for how much he's been able to uh, really assist in uh, dealing with the mentality of these players uh, mm-hmm. in terms of helping them develop. You know, a lot of you know Norris Garen is is a rookie. He's been around the Challenger scene for forever, but he is a rookie, and he Q desperately needed a fresh start after his 2017. Um, and, and Freddie One Two Two, just everyone I talk to says he's just one of the nicest guys, one of the most intelligent guys, uh, you know, one of those people who 
you know, that's one of the reasons his career lasted as long as he did. Is like a young buck, he just understood the game, um, and so I, I do think he has a big impact. I do think he Q for everything we can point to, um, and and say uh, he he has those problems, and he does have those games every now and then. Uh, I, I just wrote an, an article about this, came out on Monday. Uh, people who are listening uh, have seen it. Uh, Xander, you have not, but spoiler alert, uh, HeQ almost doubled his damage per minute from the 2017 <laughs> spring split to the 2018 spring split, which, for the record, it's, it's not a compliment. Um, that's EQ, um, he set a record for the lowest damage permitted in the 2017 spring split of any AD carry in the LCS, North America or Europe. Um, so, yes, he he has had struggles in the past, but now he did 636 damage permitted as an AD carry this split without taking a significant portion of his team's gold. He's still a pretty low econ compared to the average uh, average AD carry, but he's been much more efficient, especially in team fights. And he also is one of the few AD carries who's really willing to sacrifice resources uh, for uh, wards. He places more wards per minute than any AD carry, and, and second place is significantly farther back. So I, I do think that uh, while HeQ has problems, and he's not a perfect AD carry, I do think that he is, at this point, a league average AD carry. Mm-hmm. Which is all you need if Blank is going to be your big carry threat, who yeah. he can be. And I think no, that is very yeah. good. Um the other thing I'm going to say, um, and this is one of those intangibles um, that is very hard to measure, and I, I do have my bias with this one because I am a Rocket fan, uh, I have mm-hmm. been since they, they first entered the league, but ha- I interviewed both Norskaren and Hiku over the offseason. Mm-hmm. Both of them told me that if they fix their scrim culture, which they felt like they were inconsistent in scrims, they believe they could win the split. They said that with a straight face to me, and and that's something I haven't heard from a Rocket player in a long time. They yeah, I mean that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah, and, now, and, and to be fair, like you know they they of course you know there's a little bit of a, a walk back of we can do big things and whatever else, but but I know yeah. that these guys are, are more confident than they have been uh, than I've seen a Rocket team since Yankos left. Uh, mm-hmm. They truly believe in each other. Uh, there's a really good environment there. They all get along. They all describe themselves as friends uh, off the rift. Uh, there seems to be there, – there's just something special happening there. And I, and I feel like that intangible is worth uh, a bump, just a bit of a bump to me um, because I, I do think uh, you need that kind of mentality if you're going to be great, if you're going to live up to the potential of a team. And I feel like Rocket has always done a good job of getting the maximum value for the quality of players that they have. I, I do cap them at fifth because even though they have a lot of faith in themselves, uh, I've still got individual questions about these guys compared to the teams I had above them. Mm-hmm. But that got them into the playoffs for me. I, okay. I, I am aware of my Hey, <laughs> listen. I, no, 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 no. Listen. Hey, I hope that the the culture and, and their, um, you know – uh, cohesion and, and how they work together. If it is as positive as you say, and that, and that it has those effects that they, again, I like these guys. I really do like these guys. I just right now with where I see the math being at um, for how I think that the game is going to be played again in the early season, where I think EU is going to go and I, where I've got my top five teams I, I I had you know I, I struggled with where they'd be down here I I ended up with them at ninth but it is what it is. <laughs> so here's a question for you because I'm oh. curious if you get this if you're gonna uh, guess this correctly. Uh, what AD carry do you think uh, he has been playing? Actually, I'm looking at EQ solo queue now. It's actually changed a little bit since the last time I looked. He's been okay. spamming Yasuo. He's been spamming Yasuo. Very hard. Okay. He's been spamming Yasuo. He played some. Uh, he's been playing some Aurelia. He's played more Yasuo games than anything else over the last week. Um, I, he's also been spamming Kaisa over the course of the off season. Okay, so and I am not EQ champs. It's weird, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, the the Kaisa I think could be good for 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 him. Um, and I actually I like that pick coming into this meta with this really funky 
um, a lot of funky stuff that's going on. Just because you can, you know, even though the crit build's trash now, her AP build is, you know, can be really potent. And if you figure out how to work that in with the right jungle comp and the right support, uh, I really don't think it matters what kind of weird Yasuo, Vladimir, Orn pick someone brings. By the time mid-game hits, you guys are just going to be hitting like Mack trucks. Also, uh, another pick that he brought up today, and I did not know this was a thing, but apparently it is, uh, bot lane Vladimir? Yeah, that, well, as a counter to the Yasuo. Well, it's been played <laughs> as a counter to the Yasuo and as a counter to some of the other. Yeah, I mean, it beats up bruisers. So if you got a bunch of bruisers in bot, play Vladimir. Oh, weird. Oh, it's almost like bot lane's learning how to play top lane now. This is the silliest meta that we have seen in a long time. I well, it's just funny was... because... You're seeing people, like, you know, you're asking me, like, yeah, and Vladimir's down there? It's like, well, when you start looking at some of the top picks that are getting played down there, yeah, their natural counters, of course, are going to start showing up, too. Yeah. This is, and, and that's, I will say this, uh, your ninth place point does make sense when you think, oh, man, is he Q the guy that I trust to pull out these new pocket picks? That's the problem. That, that that's is that's what I'm scared. Again, I love this team. It honestly, I, you know, and Hiku, I like what I saw from him last split and, you know, how they performed and where they ended up, but he still really scares me. And the fact that I think that AD carry having to pull out these weird picks and play a funky style they're not used to. And then you couple that with what they're, you know, with, with, um, with what they have in top lane, realistically, you know, I like profit. But he he spent a lot of good games on Nar and Nar's trash right now, you know. And and the other stuff I saw from him was really hit and miss. So if if it's up to Profit and Hiku to be playing top laners better than other teams playing top laners, I'm concerned, and that's why I put them at ninth. I don't have a counter argument, so we're gonna move. On. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to think about this any more than we already have. Ah. <laughs> We gave Rocket the extra time because of your your favoritism. Yeah, no, it was about. I'm I'm sure the people who are listening say think it's about three minutes too long, but I appreciate you indulging me. We're going about number eight. Number eight. Yes. Number eight. I've got misfits actually. So I. Yeah, I know. Listen, some of these lower picks might blow you away. I think my top five are pretty obvious, but um. I'm really down on Misfits. They really, really burned me in my fantasy last season. Okay, this last split. Like, hard. They let me down so hard. I had faith in them week after week after week to turn it around, and it never came. It never came. Alfari was a big question mark in a lot of games. Despite the fact that he could lane super well, he could have a lane lead, other top laners were being far more impactful. He wasn't getting enough vision on where the enemy jungler was. Uh, there were just a lot of things going wrong, and I was hoping for good things from Senkux. They didn't come either. I, I actually talked Senkux up a lot going into last split, and he had a very, very poor performing split. I think that the, the, the shining star in this is Hansama. I think that dude's a freak of nature. He is he's so good. I really, actually, really respect Hansama as an AD carry. But, uh, again, I, I think that the top half of the map is going to be very important for the early part. I think that Alfari doesn't look great. I think even if Hansama finds the right picks, I don't know if the rest of the team is going to be strong enough or are going to have even like close enough, you know, uh, lane discrepancies to play around him in the late game better than other teams can play the late game right now. Because, again, what we liked from them before was their team fight, and they honestly, they team fought horribly at the end of the season Yeah, I, for where we expected them to play. So I'm, I'm concerned. I, I understand everything you just said. I have misfits at fourth. And, <sighs> and uh, yeah, no, this is, this is a concern. I, now you've got me scared because all of those points made sense. Uh, here are my counterpoints. Mm-hmm. Um, in every possible statistical category, uh, they performed significantly better than their record. If you okay. were to look at like a Pythagorean yeah. score, which is something we use in the in the NFL and the NBA, the idea of expected wins versus you know the wins we actually got, uh, they should have been 
a 10 and 18. Uh, that's the 10 and 8, 11 and, and 7. That's what their record says they should have been. Uh, just on the early game performance uh, from, I mean, you look at objective control, right? Like what are the things? Yeah, no, absolutely. 67% first blood rate, 61% first three towers, 67% herald, 59% dragon control, uh, 56% baron control, uh, fit, you know, positive land efficiency, slightly below average in jungle efficiency, but not by very much. Uh, very big on warding. They placed more wards than any other team in the league. We, when we talk about these things, like what a good team needs to do, Misfits did all of them, mm-hmm. except, except win the game. Except win the game. And, and that's <laughs> where I, I think you have to say, you, you have to believe one of two things. Either one, you believe that they were uh, exceptionally unlucky, that, mm-hmm. that the kind of bounces that went the other way um, are unlikely to happen again. Uh, mm-hmm. And that this time around, they, they are a, a team with enough experience that we should expect them to execute. Or you say the fact that they played as well as they did and still couldn't win games means that if they take even the slightest step back, this team could completely collapse in on itself. Yeah, and, which and <laughs> obviously that's where you and I are differing. <laughs> well, no, I mean, and, uh, and I think uh, both of us, uh, got got screwed by misfits and fantasy last split. Which yeah. is, uh, I'm just the one. I'm I'm doubling down and denying. Yeah. And you are uh, <laughs> out while you can. Exactly. And, and I think I, I have to imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you end up on one of those two polls. I don't think I like for for me. I don't see them finishing in the middle ground this time. <laughs> like they're not going to be the sixth seed either. They're going to be no, yeah, and a th- big threat. Or they're going to be eighth, and we're going to be talking about how did yeah, you... Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Again, if this team turns it around, I, listen, I'll be the first person to admit I'm wrong if they turn it around, because I like Misfits. I had a lot of faith in them last split. I called them to win last split, actually. Yeah. You know, I called them in first place. So, but, but again, just what I saw from them as a team, just I reeled in, in just sheer physical shock, you know? And so it was just such a, a an anathemous uh, response that that now I'm I'm that's where I'm at with them. So it plays. <laughs> and, and I can't blame you. I can't blame you until they show that they actually know how to use Senkux's skill set in, mm-hmm. in a consistent way from game in and game out, rather yeah. than like, oh, I don't know what they're gonna ask Senkux to do today. I guess yeah. we'll find out together. Um, it, yeah, I they're both are in play. It's a weird team to talk about. Um, this this does mean though now now we're gonna have some some interesting conversations because who's your seventh spot? Okay, so uh, for the seventh spot I've got Giants. Okay. So I have Giants gaming. Where did where did you have Giants? Oh, I have them at nine. You I have them at nine. nine. Okay. Yes. okay. I'm I'm so, down on Giants, but I here t- tell me why they they might surprise me, um, but ultimately miss the playoffs for you. Yeah, well, I think a big part of that is honestly just ruin. <laughs> I am really re- – you remember I was really big on him all last split. The dude came out of I, – I, I, he came out of nowhere, honestly. Like, he, he, he was not expected to be this good. And and at there were times where he was undoubtedly the best player on a couple of different champions. You know, even when the NAR pick, when Prophet was playing NAR – better than most people ruin uh, just absolutely made again he he re, he looked like Hanser playing nar uh you know in the playoffs one of Hanser's best series ever and 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 uh yeah i i was honestly really blown away by that again betsy i know is a big a big question mark at times i think steelback had a really mediocre split for him personally I think that they still found wins with him when people didn't expect to. But I don't know why people are so down on Steelback. I feel like he's an AD that consistently puts his team in a position to win games. And if they don't win, it's not his fault. I feel like he gets a big brunt of of some of these criticisms for like getting caught here or there, ignoring the fact that he had an enormous lane lead. He was bringing jungle pressure and outplaying. Again, there are a lot of times where I've looked at Steelback and some criticisms levied at him, and I think he's a much better AD than than he performed this last split. I actually think he's gonna he's gonna turn it up coming into summer, and if him, Ruin, and Joko all play well, this team, you know, with Betsy and and Sir Nukes a lot, um, 
I, I don't think that they're going to be super relevant as long as they don't throw. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I will agree with you that uh, Ruin is so good, and I love watching him play. And I, I hope that we get to watch him in the LCS for a very long time because he's just mm-hmm. a monster. Um, I, I, I do agree that Steelback has the potential to be a monster, but if you want to understand why people were down on him last split... Uh, Steelback was last place in gold differential and CS differential at 10 Ooh, I didn't realize he was the um, last. Negative 229 for gold differential, negative 6.3 for CS. Um, he was also last place in damage per minute, only 490 damage per minute. Um, the next closest was Kabi at 580. Okay. So he incredibly underperformed. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, and that was, I, I, I think... Fair. He's one of those guys, well, and, and the reason is, and this is something I've, I've talked to multiple people within the EU sphere on this, and he's a guy that really needs resources to, to mm-hmm. feel comfortable. Uh, that's yeah. always been the way with him. Uh, and Giants didn't necessarily do that. He had a lower gold econ than he's had on, on most teams that he's been on. Uh, and Betsy was able to step up as, as a big damage dealer. So, so a, a more passive uh, play from him, I, I can see why that ended up happening. But yeah. I do think, uh, as you know, Giants are going to go as far as Steelback goes. If Steelback yeah. does bounce back, if he returns to the kind of AD carry uh, that you've uh, pointed to that he can be, and we know he can be, uh, mm-hmm. then I think this team is going to threaten for a playoff spot. Uh, I just, I have a hard time believing that after the the split. I, it just feels like Steelback's gotten a little bit worse every split for a while, and I don't know what Sir Nukeslot gives you that Targamas wasn't. Yeah, no, that's and that's fair too. I mean, I don't, I that change, I was pretty, you know, I don't know what, whatever. <laughs> I, I, have, I have yet to talk to anybody who's like, oh yeah, that was a move that I completely understand and believe objectively makes the team better. <laughs> that's never come up. They're like, oh well, you know, he he's been around for a while and he's got, you know, he's good on a couple of these things and it's like, okay, but is he better than Targamas? And they're like, Listen, if it's yeah. better for Steelback though, you know, like if that is what the decision was, I don't know what it was. I hope that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I just hope that they're doing things to empower Steelback because I actually think that if they put more faith in him and more resources in him, he'll he'll perform better. I feel like he's one. He's a very you know, like he's a guy that needs to feel like there's wind behind his back, you know, and then when there is, he can really show up and win games. So I, I hope that that's the case, but you know, yeah, we'll that, I, I think that's what all uh, Giants fans have to be hoping for. And, and I will say uh, shout out to them for uh, winning the off season. As, as long as your goal is to get into the LCS in 2019, uh, they signed about three or four big deals with non-endemic sponsors, uh, almost certainly going to get in now. They've more oh. than got the money. They've, they've got uh, – they, between uh, Vodafone, uh, there was a, a oh, yeah. tech security company that they made a deal with uh, that was pretty big. They, they've been making headlines, and I, I give them a lot of respect for really uh, doubling and tripling down on uh, you know the Spanish community and, and making sure that they make the connections that they did. I think they're one of the few teams that I feel 100% are going to be that back next split because of what they did so far. Uh, and I didn't think I'd be saying that at the beginning of 2018, but shout out to them for forgetting it. Um, let's talk about uh, number six, your your first team to sneak into the playoffs here. Who you got? I got Schalke. Okay. God, this, now you've got me curious where you put H2K. I had Schalke at seven. They were my last okay. standout, so we're about okay. the same spot on them. Okay, yeah. Now we're 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 normalizing a little here. We had a couple of, a couple of. <laughs> Uh, yeah, why uh, why Schalke at number six? Uh, well, I, I just – this, so I feel like Schalke underperformed. Um, I think that they showed that they could be better. I, I think that they solidly showed that they can they can be a top contending team, that they should be in the playoffs realistically, but that they just – they had games that they that – a couple of things didn't go their way. They threw some stuff. You know, now with, with Amazing – I think if he can just empower Vizicacci, who didn't have that much empowerment before, um, uh, you know, Nuke Duck holds his own. Upset can be an amazing AD carry, can have pop-off games. And, you know, I, I, I think that they've got a lot of, a lot of opportunity here. I, I don't know that they have a lot of opportunity to be, you know, one of the top teams. Um, 
But at the same time, I really like Vizicacci as a player, and he's shown that he alone, when he was on Unicorns, can just straight up carry teams that you don't expect to be able to win, even playing while playing tanks. You know, he 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 has that same quality that someday has, where you look at a team with a guy like Keen in the mid lane playing a counter pick that you don't think should be in the like a t- twisted fate. You know, and and something else, and then all of a sudden it doesn't matter because this guy got a five man Maokai flank. You know, right. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and I think um, amazing is going to be the the linchpin to all this. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to say that Pride was the problem. Uh, mechanically, you could argue that he was the best, the most consistent player at the very least Absolutely. on this team last split. Uh, he had some great plays, and I'm sure he's going to find a landing spot somewhere else uh, by 2019. Um, but they needed uh, someone who could lead. Uh, someone yeah, they needed direction. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. They, they needed direct. that veteran presence. And, and, yeah. and Amazing gives them that. Um, you know, Vizicacci had the worst season of his career last split, I think by a significant margin. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't get a lot of attention uh, from his jungler at that time. Now he's going to be getting more ganking, uh, you know, more ganks his way. And, and more that. successful ganks because, again, Pride, I felt that a lot of the times when Pride would come top, it was a lot more reactive than proactive. Right. And, and that, you know, even though that partially was Vizzy's fault sometimes for not putting the lane in the best position, mm-hmm. that with a jungler that had a little more game sense, he'd be able to either wait it out a couple extra seconds or, you know, do something to just assist Vizzy in getting that, that, you know, that easy top lane first blood every time, especially when the meta was was viable for it for so long, you know, earlier on with the gangplank. So. Yeah, yeah, no. Pride, Pride certainly, I think he had more synergy with Nuke Duck than he did with Chachi. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think Amazing is a guy that um, can, can click with uh, multiple uh, solo lanes. I, I think he can he can balance that well. Um, I'm not sure where his mechanics are, uh, given that he just spent the last split casting. And yeah. Didn't and did not look particularly great before he moved to casting. Right. He moved to casting because teams felt like he was not a starting caliber player anymore. Yeah. I, I and I well I appreciate well, his game sense. The thing that keeps them out of the playoffs for me is. I think they are downgrading mechanically, and so you've really got to believe that Vizicacci takes a big leap forward and that Upset uh, plays more consistently in big moments, uh, which I, I don't think he necessarily did a great job of. He looked like a rookie, which is weird to say for a guy who we thought was more polished than yeah. 90% of rookies that enter the league. Um, I, I think that's more, mostly a mental thing, and, and a lot of that I think – you know, Schalke is a big football club in Germany. There's a lot of very passionate fans. It is a big brand to represent. Um, I think upset Trunk in the light of that a little bit. Uh, yeah. I hope that he bounces back this split. Uh, if he does, and if Vizicacci takes a step forward, I think that's enough to, to sneak them into the playoffs. I, I think for me it just comes down to I don't have a lot of faith in Amazing being that great of a player, and I worry uh, once the honeymoon period ends – uh, what mm-hmm. he actually means for this team, and I worry yeah. the Vizicacci's best days might be behind him. I'm not. I'm not. Sad. I'm not ready Ooh. to throw in the towel. I'm not done with him. I want to make that clear. I just. I, I don't know, man. He he did not. In every measure, he looked at least a half step to a step behind where he's no. been throughout his career. No, and, again, I and, I, and that's, I that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope I'm wrong on that. I really do. I think um, you are. I just want to say, I I hope he I hope he proves you wrong and proves me right this split. Good. I, yes. I really do. I, I do because I think he's. I think that he had a bad split for a lot of reasons. One of them was with the jungle top synergy, and, and especially because you know who he was playing with before and how unicorns of love played before. That you know he was able to play a, his style and that when moving, you know, the Schalke move kind of stifled that a little bit, which I think translated to his, his, you know, very obviously much poorer performance, yeah. but I don't think he's done yet. All right. I just had to, <laughs> I just, no, I, I, I mean, yeah. I done, done is a harsh word. I'm not there. I just, we're, we're in range. 
Yeah. All right. All right. And I think, hey, you know, Visit Chachi has, this is his first time he ever was the number two option on a team versus the number one. The Unicorns of Love always played around him. It's not surprising that it would take a split for him to adjust to being a secondary carry rather than the primary threat. So I'm willing to give some benefit of the doubt that he can get there. I certainly hope that he does. Uh, Number five for you, who you got? Number five, I've got Vitality. Okay. Wow. Okay. We're going to have – I cannot wait till we get to H2K. But let's talk to Vitality, who I had at the sixth spot. Why do you have a number five? Okay. So, um, you know, Vitality, I think that they benefited a lot from people underestimating Jizuke. I think that Jizuke is legit. He's good. He's a great player. But I think that a lot of people slept on him um, for a lot of the split. And that that resulted in Vitality – looking like the number one team that they were for so long. Um, I still think that they're a playoff team as, you know, as a whole with this roster. I think that they've shown they do have versatility and that it's not just the Jizuke show, you know. And and uh, I, of course, have always been huge on, on Mr. Top Lane Kabushard. Uh, that guy's an absolute animal. I think that Gilius kind of shows that he does have some limitations, um, but, uh, but you know, this bot lane showed that they can be absolutely monstrous, uh, Attila, as he is now called, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I really like Yaktrol as, as support. I think Yaktrol had some very poor games, um, that were part, a big part of that losing spree, but mm-hmm. then once they, once they turned it around in the playoffs, you know, they were able to 3-2 H2K and, uh. And, you know, be the better team, at least for that that part of playoffs. But again, you know, I, I think that I think that Cabo Shard's a big part of this. I think Cabo Shard and Gilius um, are going to do well early in the split. And I really Attila's the man, you know, mm-hmm. that that guy, I think he can play anything in the bot lane. And I think he can pick up the top laners. No problem. If they decide to play those, I think if it comes down to Kaisa, he can play her. Um and and so you couple that with with Cabo being an absolute freak on a lot of the champions that are going to be meta starting off here, and you you got a you got a good success for a good string of wins from these guys. Yeah, no, I I agree with you that they're going to start off the split strong. Um, uh, the artist formerly known as Mini True Packs, um, I do think is is well built for this kind of playstyle. He's always been very aggressive. This team has always been very aggressive. They love to push the tempo, and everything is playing in that mentality right now. So I, I do think they're very well geared uh, for what the this beginning of the split is going to be. And I agree with you on Cabochard. I think Cabochard is very good, and it's nice to see him on a team that is playing around his strengths rather than kind of leaving him on his own and hoping that yeah. he kind of figures it out. It's, yeah. it's amazing what happens when you have Weird. Uh, a jungler <laughs> to help out there. I, yeah. I, I will say this. Um, I think their 3-7 and seven record uh, towards the end of last split is a concern. Uh, I okay. think that I, – I think they, they looked not, not just not great. They looked bad in stretches towards the end of last split. <laughs> that concerns me. Um, yeah. Yes, they did rally back against H2K, but I mean we haven't talked about H2K yet. But I just don't think very highly of H2K, so I, I don't necessarily that. give Vitality a lot of love for that. Um, I, I and I, I, I have kind of made a reputation for myself with this. I do not care for Gilius very much um, get, yeah. for what he believes that he is. Um, I, I think that. Uh, there certainly is a positive that we have to give him credit for and that he does a very good job of playing off of the tempo of the game, uh, fast pace, uh, being there when players call for him. Uh, it reminds me a lot, actually, of when I was a coach and we had a jungler, uh, Kadir, who has bounced around in some mm-hmm. academy te- teams since, um, who we used to call a watchdog because the idea was you would just tell him where to go and he'd, he'd like sick him, boy, and he'd go get him. <laughs> and come away with the kill. And Gilius can do that. He can be that guy. Um, yeah. And and I will give him credit for I do think he works well within his team to uh-huh. to listen to those voices and make sure that he's doing what the team needs him to do for their composition. He has improved with that. I he just he forces so many plays. Yeah. And he's so inconsistent as a result. It's one of those things where 
um, as a volume shooter, like, yeah, he has some great moments, but he also has those like 060 stretches in the first 20 minutes of a game where just nothing's gone right. And we're suddenly like, oh, he's going to go in for this crazy steal into a barren pit against four guys and he misses and gets killed. And so now it's a free elder as well. And th- those kind of moments are, are moments where I feel like Gilius, be- because of how he is wired, because he he tells himself going into every game that he is the best player in Europe mm-hmm. and can therefore be that leader in big moments. It, mm-hmm. it, it is both a blessing and a curse. And the curse is enough to have them held back to six for me. But the, the blessing is enough that I have to put them in the playoffs. I do think that they get there, even despite uh, their problems that we saw towards the end of the spring split. I do think they are a playoff caliber team. Um, number four, please tell me this is H2K. It is, it is. Thank, this is thank, H2K. Okay. This is H2K. H, H2K are my eighth spot. So, okay. so let's, this was, let's have some fun with this. What, what do you yeah. love about this H2K team? Well, I, I, I really liked what I saw from them toward the end of the season on, on honestly, almost no practice as a team together to come in and just start winning and winning and winning and make it to the playoffs and get two games off of Vitality, who, again, I know you're a little down on them for H2K. I'm actually up on H2K because of how they played against Vitality. You see, I went, I kind of went the other way there. I think that H2K, with time with this roster, just the pure cohesion that they showed of being able to elevate Selfie and Sheriff and Shook playing really good like uh, how he looked when he first came out on the scene with vitality you know when when well not first out on the scene but when he came out on the scene with vitality when they came out as an org you know um i i think that that team's really hard to beat i think that they team fought excellently that they out team fought a lot of uh good teams at the end of the season who were well known for their team fighting one of them being misfits and um you know again Misfits, uh, you know, I'm down on them because of how they look toward the end of the split. But I still think that they actually had um, one of their later games against H2K where they looked good and H2K managed to pull out the W. Um, so, you know, uh, it, I I think that this H2K squad's better than a lot of people think. And, you know, I might be a little high on them in fourth, but, uh, you know... Hey man, do you don't want to go I think the back? Sheriff and Selfie. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm really, I don't want to. I like, I like veteran as a coach, and and Sheriff and Selfie again. I think if they can be elevated by how Shook played at the end of last split uh, with this roster, it's going to be very difficult for these teams who blow them, Vitality, Shulk, Giants, Misfits, to beat them. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really the teams below them. I expect more from, and I saw them waning at the end, whereas this team was blasting off like a rocket, looking like, you know, honestly, a a top four team at the end of last split with six weeks together. Yeah, I mean, it it is worth pointing out. uh, Their last week they went 2-0. Before that, it was a few weeks of 1-1s before. I mean, in the last five weeks, they went uh, Mm -hmm. 7-3. That's... All you can ask for from a team that uh, did so poorly for so yeah. long in this split, uh, really had to rebuild, and, and, and certainly uh, they now have a whole offseason of synergy under their belt. Uh, that's big. Um, I, I totally, you are 100% correct uh, that they, they should have some things putting together now. Um, counterpoints. Yes, uh, num- I'd love number, to hear it. Number one. Uh, I, I feel like Shook had a little bit of a honeymoon period with this team. Uh, when he first came in, it was like, oh man, we have an LCS caliber jungler. It's so nice <laughs> that we can finally execute on some plays. And then by the end of the split, it's like, oh right, he's like the eighth or ninth best jungler in Europe, which is better than Santorin was. Yeah. There's their fly quest. Uh, and is better than when Cadrill played for that one week that was yeah. just something else. Um, but... Uh, I, I don't I don't know that he's a great uh, jungler. I do think teams have adjusted uh, towards the end of the split. Uh, I don't think Promise Q is great either. Okay, I, I'm not. That's where I felt the criticism was most 
verifiably levied. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I have concerns about this bot lane, and I do think Sheriff is very good. Uh, I think that he has the potential to be a, a very strong player for for years to come. Uh, you know, I, I think as a rookie, he, he did everything you could ask him to do. But I, I do think, you know, now we've got a whole other set of film on him too, right? And and that's, and that's uh, fair. And I'm not sure that Smitty J is particularly great. Uh, he ended up with a 1.8 KDA and negative 260 gold differential at 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah. These, I, I, these but, are problems. Um, but I just want to real quick give a quick counterpoint to that, just that his impact in games, despite some of his laning, his impact in games, especially in the later season, was very huge, especially into some of the tops he was playing into. Yeah. No, he looked better as the split went on. And, mm-hmm. I, and I guess that ultimately – the question is, uh, do we think that that is permanent growth? Or do gotcha. we think that is uh, a temporary boost due to uh, talent improvements that, that gave a era of good feelings for this roster as a, from a clubhouse perspective? Mm-hmm. That, you know, the, the kind of – I always used to call this um, the, the corollary, the Giants gaming corollary because – uh, they had, yeah. Their support position was a revolving door for a while, and it was always yeah. like, oh, man, they replaced their support with this new guy. They went from worst in the league to slightly below average, but that's a huge leap, and yeah. they did make a big leap in that regard. I do think Selfie is very good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad that he has a spot, and if this team yeah, to be good. I think people have been sleeping on that guy for way too long. Yes, 100%. Um, he deserves – his career he, – he – he deserves so much better than he's had so far in his career, uh, even going back so far to the, the Move Your Mother's controversy, yeah. um, where he unfortunately became, you know, the uh, – he created a meme to the extent that it overshadowed what he was doing for that team. Um, and, I, and I do think, unfortunately, he made some decisions as far as uh, which teams to play for um, that, yeah. that ended up hurting him. Yeah. Um, but his talent is undeniable, and I think that this is a team that understands that um, and is going to help him grow. So if, if Selfie performs very well, uh, if Sheriff uh, can continue to look good and doesn't have a sophomore slump that we see sometimes from AD carries, uh, if Shook is actually a good player and not just uh, better than the abysmal jungling that they were getting before this, uh, then yeah, this team could be good. Um, I just, I to, to me, I, I think that there's going to be a falling back down to earth. I, I don't. I think there is a reason that so many teams have tried to bring Shook onto the team uh, in the last two years and then decided not to do so again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's. I, I. I just. I don't think that uh, some of that growth is going to be permanent, uh, and that's why I have a hard time putting them in the playoffs. But the upside is there, and I think you did a very good job highlighting that. I, I hadn't. I don't think I would have considered them to be and, a playoff team, but and, now, and, now I see the path. And, and, path. And, and last, I just want to be clear. I actually think that they're going to struggle early in the split. I think that I, I think that they're going to uh, turn it around more in the mid and late part of the split. Again, I just really think that the peak for this mid and bot. I really think Sheriff and Selfie super great. And I don't know, maybe maybe I'm 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 a little optimistic about Shook, but again, I. When I've seen him play great, when when Vitality first came out and he was playing out of his mind, he was one of the top junglers for the first couple of weeks of the EULCS for that split. And, and you know, again, toward the end of the split, he didn't look, you know, yeah, maybe overall you look at the stats and say, hey, he was, you know, 6'8", but there were the playmaking capabilities that he had, in my mind, were top four at times. And so from that perspective, again, if I can see him empowering Selfie and Sheriff, and if Smitty J can continue to improve, you know, I I, I like this team for the playoffs. <laughs> no, consistency is going to be the name of the game with them. If they can do it consistently, mm-hmm. we're going to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all it's going to come down to. Um, and, and, and clearly that's where you and I disagreed here. But we are yep. going to the top three. I and think, yeah, this the is same pretty... Three yep, teams left, yep. <laughs> yep. And I think this is going to be... You know, it, it's funny because for Europe, it feels like the most interesting conversations are about the teams who we don't already assume are going to do very well. Right? Um, <laughs> We're like, hey, all the teams not definitely going to Worlds. Um, yeah, so, so <laughs> let's talk about number three. Who's your number three this split? I got Splice. Yep. Splice same. number three. Yeah. 
I, I think they look great. I actually would love to see them win. I love their squad so much. Um, and I root for these guys super hard when they play. But uh, I don't think that they have the power to overtake G2 or Fnatic in a final best of five. I, you know, or, or, or to beat them enough consistently during the regular split um, to demoralize them going into the best of five, even if they have the first seed. So, (laughs) I mean, and that's the thing where you talk about mentality. Yeah. The difference maker. I I think this team has a ton of talent. I think Xerxes is a very good jungler. Oh yeah. And has proven that he's not a system guy, which is something that some people feared uh, at unicorns of love. I'm glad that, uh, He's proven that he can be a guy that's going to be great for multiple teams. Kabi is still Mr. Consistency. And Kasing is a guy I just I love. I, yeah, I think he's, yeah. I think he's one of my favorite players. In Europe. Yeah, he, he's yeah. just mechanically great. Uh, game sense is awesome. Uh, really intelligent both on and off the rift. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the everything you – Yeah, a great laugh, great memes. Like this is <laughs> Great he, memes? He, He's everything that you want in a support. Oh yeah, his yeah. name's on the Euphoria podcast. Was brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he like I really like him, and I really like Oduwamne. And Oduwamne is the perfect example of a guy uh, who the stats do not do his season last split justice. Mm-hmm. Um, he really struggled for the first couple weeks, but he is a guy who was happy to sacrifice himself uh, for for death sometimes if it set the rest of his team up for success. And was always there in the big moments that won uh, Splice Games. Oduamne was always in the thick of it, always making that initiation uh, that, that put them in a good spot. I, I think he's going to look better this split than he did last split. Uh, and I totally believe um, that he has the understanding and the game sense to uh, really uh, utilize the side waves well and, and put a lot of pressure down. Uh, the question for this team is going to be Niski. Um, I felt yeah. Niski, I feel like Niski shrunk a little bit in that G2 series. Uh, and he's, yeah. and he is, he's not quite a rookie cause he had that one kind of emergence with, with envious for their, you know, towards the end of the yeah, 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 yeah. summer split, but that, that was his first full split as mm-hmm. an LCS player. Uh, and I do think he got some valuable experience from it. I, I do think he grew as the split went on. Um, I just, for, for me, I, it just comes down to the teams that are above them are just just slight like there's just a little tier uh in between and and they they're gonna have to get that leap from somewhere and i i think i think it's gonna have to be niski because i think that the bot lane is already giving them just about everything you could ask for those players to do yeah Um, and and oduamne is not meant to be the hard carry type he's an enabler it's gotta be niski and, and that's uh, do we think that Niski is going to be better than Caps and Perks? And right now my answer is no. No, and no. So that's why no. I have Splice in yeah. third. That's, yeah. that's all that's about. Um, so who's number two? Uh, I got G2 in number two. I, I think that yeah. I, I think honestly that we can talk about this pretty candidly. It's fairly obvious between Fnatic and G2 uh, who are the kings of Europe right now. And beating Reckless is a very, very difficult task. Um, domestically. I mean, that guy is hard to beat internationally. <laughs> and when, you know, uh, when you see how he plays domestically and how he plays, especially without Sven there anymore, without a lot of these mid laners that used to pressure him there anymore, you know, I, the guy's running wild. There's, there's no one there to stop Reckless from, from running all over. And, and so given that, G2 has this really difficult task of, I, I, I think they know that they're better than every other team in Europe other than Fnatic. They, they are a, honestly, I think they're a, a good little margin ahead of, of uh, Splice as well, just like you said, for the very reason that Niski is not even remotely as good as Perks, you know, and their, their, their peaks are, are, we have seen are nowhere near close. You know, Perks' mm-hmm. peak is very, very high. And, and uh, you know, when he's playing on, he's the be- he could be the best mid laner, you know, one of the best mid laners in the world. And and so, um, yeah, I, again, I, I, I one and two was was pretty, pretty obvious for me with Fnatic and G2. Yeah, we're going to have the exact same top three. I also really like G2 for the second spot. Uh, I think Wonder might be the best uh, top laner in Europe at this point. 
Um, he, he is it, it is a close debate, uh-huh. but I think he has the most individual playmaking potential of any of the European top laners. Yeah. Uh, his laning stats are absurd. Uh, he does it without necessarily needing a whole bunch of help from Yankos, though. Mm. Yank, the fact that Yankos is feeding a guy who loves being a carry top, who thrives when he gets a little bit of momentum behind him, uh, couldn't ask for a better system for him. Yeah. Uh, the the top half of this map is really really strong, um, and and you know and top jungle mid can be the best at their position on any given day. Yeah. But to win the championship, you've got to go up against Reckless and against a five. And they don't – they like, I like Hjarnan and Wadid. I love rooting for them on uh-huh. that last split. But there's a cap to their potential. They're yeah. not – they are not Reckless and uh, – uh, and, and I, yeah, I don't even think we've seen the best of Reckless yet, which is the scary thing because, like, I know. all we had. And I was like, oh, guess I'm wrong. Yeah, look, I, and, you know, I'm sorry, G2, that we're going to move on from this. It's, it's that you're – you're the boring kind of good, where what? it's like you're you're too good and your strengths are too clear for there to be any real debate that you deserve to be considered a top two team. Yeah. But Fnatic's just better and they're more interesting and I it just I you know MSI was such a fascinating tournament to watch when it comes to uh to Fnatic um because uh they did you know they they now have uh back to back MVP seasons from Reckless uh. And and like you said, there there might be more in the tank. They yep. took a win off of every team at MSI but RNG, and the only reason they didn't do that is because Uzi was on a mission from God to finally win an international event. Oh and yeah, would not be stopped. No. I don't. I can't take that as a condemnation of Reckless. I don't think yeah, that's no. people. People maybe in the group stage brought out that maybe he he kind of shirked in the in the light a little bit in playing against his idol. Because uh, uh, double risk got the win though. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Like. No, let's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, but you you say that, but you, yeah. you joke, but it's a thing that people say, and I I just I don't think that's fair to Reckless. No, 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 I know. I do think that in the um, in the bracket stage, uh, he put together some great performances. I yeah. Fanatic, absolutely. Like that was the best I've ever seen a team get o three'd. Yeah, no, I, I, it's really hard to say that too, and I think we said that, you know, when we were watching uh, the well, there was another match they said that about, but again, I, I've seen a lot of that. You see, you, we've seen some three O's lately that were really close every time, and I think that you know that was one of them. Yeah, and so so I guess like what we because we both agree on this, so so I'm gonna frame it a little bit differently than just asking who's your number one. What do you think it is about this team that that elevates them above their peers to the extent that for both of us it wasn't really a debate who we were going to put at the top of our rankings? All right. So, yeah, with Fnatic, uh, the reason why they're the best team is really just because of how they play and and they emulate a, what we're finding a lot of other international teams finding success with, and that's just having clear direction with who you're playing around. They know with Reckless that they have a player who, at if you if you give him the resources, he can carry any game against anybody, at, at least domestically, you know, and and oftentimes even internationally. This guy, if you give him the resources, you play around him exclusively, and you draft a uh, a, a comprehensive plan from from pick band phase all the way through to where jungle's going to be at, you know, at level 11 and, and where jungle's going to be at, at the two item spike, then you're going to find a lot of wins. And while G2, you know, we talk about a lot of their players, they still don't have one person that they play through. They still don't have the one person that they know every single time they can get a win with. And, and with Fnatic, they have that. And with a lot of these great international teams, we're starting to see them kind of follow suit with, hey, let's find the that one mechanical player and we're going to develop the entire stratagem around them, you know. And now obviously it's happening a lot in bot lane, but nonetheless, you know, it, it, with with Fnatic, they have found it. They decided a long time ago that that's how they were going to play. And they have consistently worked toward building the team around Reckless and fundamentally changing the way that they play the game to suit whatever he's going to need to carry it. And, and yeah, they have other people that can perform and show up. And, you know, obviously everyone on that team is great. 
But when you're playing at the highest level, having one strategy that will work 90 you know, percent of the time, you're going to be able to beat almost anybody. And that's what Fnatic has that G2 doesn't. G2 has a lot of great players that individually can have an insane game at any moment. Perks, you know, Wadid and, and, and Hyarnin, uh, and obviously Wonder, you know, and not to mention Yankos literally just getting first blood and taking over games. <laughs> but But at the end of the day... It's sort of a whoever gets fed is who we're going to play around, not we have this, you know, this comprehensive idea moment to moment, game to game, you know, series to series around this player that clearly is just that much better than everyone else. Well, and and that's the thing to me, ultimately. Um, (laughs) Reckless is the best player in the West, and I don't understand anyone who would say otherwise after the two splits that we've seen and after what we saw at MSI. The guy is a monster because the thing that people forget, like everything you said is true. Uh, They have built around him very well, uh, giving him Hillisang. Like Hillisang has adjusted to him. Usually Mm -hmm. we see it kind of react the other way when it comes to AD carries and supports, but it's been, uh, the two have bounced off each other really well. Broxa knows how to play around that lane very, very well. Uh, whether it's it's Buipo or uh, Soaz, um, I think that the top laners are so self-sufficient yeah, uh, that, exactly. is, that it's going to be a thing. I will say, just real quick, I do think Buipo's the better top laner at this point in their careers. Uh, and I know that Soaz is very salty that I said that and very salty that he's being asked to help mentor the guy who... Uh, may end up ultimately replacing him at the end of the day. Uh, but Buipo's certainly been more consistent, um, even I, on the international stage. I think. I, just... I don't I don't think that. I think that I, – I personally don't. I think that we got to see very little of Buipo and that he has the benefit of having Reckless as his AD carry, who mm-hmm. literally takes over every game, you know, and, and as long as you play around him. And, yeah, we saw Buipo play some carries. Again, I'm not saying the guy's not amazing, but – until he can put up a quarter of the resume that Soaz has and play many different comprehensive styles on in many different metas, I am not at all ready to say. I don't think we've seen enough of Buipo to say effectively that he is – I, I get it was a high-pressure situation, and these were big matches against great players, but I don't think we've seen enough of the guy at all to say that. And I think that if he starts getting exposed domestically – People are going to have a lot more tape to expose him internationally as well. And and I, so as one thing is, is that he has a big difficulty being exposed. The guy has uh, – there's almost n- not more tape on anybody else in the top lane, you know, in the West than so as. And the guy has managed to escape some of the best ganks I've ever seen. And and so again, I, I you know I'm not trying to say that his past career weighs all that, but I I don't I you know he had an injury and was forcibly taken out. It's not like he was pulled out because he was a worse player. It's not you know it's not like he was pulled out because you know he was he was you know suddenly playing poorly. He, guy, he was kept out though, right? Like that's well, the thing. Yes, but, like once but, he healed his wrist, he said he was a hundred percent ready to go uh, for MSI. And Fnatic evaluated both players in practice and thought Guipo looked better. At that and moment, which is, that well, again, that's that's him coming right off of recovery, though. We're now talking months later, which is a completely different story. I, I you know, I, 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 I get that he said he was at 100%, but maybe they didn't feel that. And maybe they also didn't feel that his mental was at 100%, you know, coming off of that. Yeah, but, well, we know he didn't take the news well based on the tweets that yeah, he put up and then immediately course. deleted. Which, of course. But, but yeah, I, yeah and, I, and I do not, to be clear, I do not want to write off so as I do think he is an LCS caliber player. Uh, even after this many years, which very few people of his longevity still look as good as he does. I, I just, you know, to, to me, I mean, Buipo gets to take advantage of the fact that he got to learn from Soaz. And Soaz has taught him some some really nice... Uh, things about how to play out the lane, uh, <laughs> about managing his his teleports, um, and I I think Weepo just right now just looks a little bit more consistent mechanically. So as you know, he has he has those games where he just looks like he's trapped in his own head and makes mistakes that really come back to haunt them. 
Uh, and, and should that define all of Soez? No, he has a lot of amazing plays that we should give him credit for. Um, he, he's a very intelligent player, but I, I don't know. Uh, at this, I, I think Weibo at least deserves a chance to truly contend for that job. No, uh, and I completely gonna, agree yeah, with that. They're, but they're gonna, but again, they're gonna, I, yeah, it's it's not. You're you're less convinced, but right now mm-hmm. you want more evidence. Oh uh, yeah, I think exactly. I think that's very reasonable. I, I, I totally understand where we're coming from. But to, to come full circle here, because um, cause ultimately, I think either one of those top laners are very good top laners, and they're going to be in a great spot. Mm-hmm. Anyone's in a great spot is, with Reckless is there, Andy Carey. Well, <laughs> Reckless is the best player in the West, and all of the opponents, it's not like you can point to the 2017 Summer Split and be like, well, there were so many other things going on in that meta. You couldn't devote all of your time to... to dealing with Reckless, and he yeah. benefited from some other things. But last split, he was the MVP the previous season. Everyone knew that's where Fnatic was going to be focusing all their time and attention. Everyone knew that's what their game plan was based around. Everybody knew what champions Reckless was going to likely focus on, and none of that was relevant information towards getting nope. a win. It didn't, didn't matter. Yep. They couldn't stop it. Like when, when you have a player who, it, when it's so obvious what their win condition is, and the only answer on how to stop it is have the best AD carry in the world. Yeah. You're in a really good spot domestically. Is your think... answer? I have Uzi. Because if if it's not <laughs> I have Uzi, then <laughs> yeah, I mean, good luck winning often. <laughs> TSM's looking for that checkbook right now. Or actually, yeah, right. Oh I could. That would be. So much fun. Uh, I, would, I would love that so much. But, uh, I mean, look, Reckless is a very, very, very good player. And I, I think that right now, uh, someone's got to prove that they can knock off the Kings here. Someone's got to prove that they have a strategy that neutralizes uh, what makes Fnatic so good. Uh, and when push came to shove, when a team as good as G2 Esports had enough time and, and energy and, and all, you know, all these things, you know, the momentum that from their own t- end of the split run, they couldn't take a game. They couldn't <laughs> take a game, Xander! I know, I know. Fnatic is really good at League of Legends, and I know, I know they went 4-6 and six in the group stage in MSI, but they took wins off of everybody that mattered that wasn't named RNG, yeah. and and no one in the ULCS, as time of recording, has Uzi. So... That's our pick for the champions. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. Uh, it's been fun to, to start doing some more podcast content again. Been a lot of stuff up on this channel uh, between the Discord episodes for the community uh, of Rough Drafts that, that went up to uh, what we've seen now uh, from, from you know Tim and, and Josh who came on and now our two Power Rankings podcast here, Xander. Uh, it's been a great time to be a fan of the rough drafts podcast and more is coming i can't talk about it yet but i i this is not a dead channel uh thank you to everyone who has has stuck with me uh during a time in which there were a lot of things in my personal life that had to get dealt with before i could make the show a priority again um i you know you guys uh have been awesome uh, especially those of you who are on the discord which the link is in the description below it is a great community of league of legends fans and I am grateful every day uh, that I have uh, that that, I, that we have that kind of community there, uh, and I am very excited for this split. Uh, and thank you so much, Xander, for getting to bounce off of all these ideas with teams with me and, and sharing. Yeah, I'm picks. I'm glad we had some good differing opinions on EU too. I thought this one was going to be really uh, really straightforward, and we had some some good little differences there. I, you know, I talked you back a little, you talked me back a little. It was good. It was good. Yeah, this was this was fun. So where can the nice people at home find you? Uh, yeah, uh, again, I just want to say thank you for having me on. But you guys can find me, twitch.tv slash Orzatus. The stream has been on a short hiatus, but we will be returning June 18th. Um, I've been grinding on LAN and NA, Plat Diamond. You guys got it. Top lane, come check it out. Yeah, it's a, it's a great stream. I think you guys will enjoy it, so definitely check that out. And uh, let's get excited for a great opening week of EU and NALCS action. Yeah! Uh, And until then, goodbye, Internet. Have a good day.